0: Hello and welcome to the 57th episode of Snippets. Dear friends, as we all know, anesthesia is an integral part of every surgery. The role of anesthetist start from pre-operative assessment and continues up to post-operative care. Although most of the surgeries in ophthalmology are performed under local anesthesia, but general anesthesia is a necessity for pediatric age group. Today we have with us Dr. R. Kannan, consultant anesthesiologist at shankar netralaya chennai he will be sharing with us his expertise regarding pediatric ophthalmic anesthesia welcome to snippet
1: sir hi everyone pediatric ophthalmic anesthesia as the name suggests encompasses basics of both ophthalmic anesthesia and pediatric anesthesia with some aspects unique to pediatric ophthalmic anesthesia our clientele encompasses of preterm babies newborns and infants, toddlers, preschool and school-going children, and adolescents. Anesthesia for these subsets of patients requires understanding of their physiological and pathological problems for which they seek treatment. They may present in varied sizes with preterm babies ranging from about 1 kg to adolescents with endocrine problems of about 100 kgs. The anesthetist have to have thorough knowledge of their physiological requirements and anesthetic implications of their pathology. An adult with an ophthalmic problem usually goes through evaluation of his ophthalmic condition, subsequent diagnostic procedures, followed by any medical or surgical intervention, and then reviewed periodically for the outcome of treatment, and this may require a single anesthetic exposure for his surgery. Unlike adults, a pediatric patient may require anesthesia for each of these procedures, making multiple anesthetic exposures a unique feature of pediatric ophthalmic anesthesia. Preterm babies with retinopathy, children with cataracts, glaucoma, and congenital ophthalmic defects, orbital or ocular tumors, retinoblastoma being most common, physical and chemical injuries of eye, corneal dystrophies. Steven Johnson syndrome with eye involvement all require multiple anesthetic exposures. This creates an anxiety in parents and fear in children. So it is the responsibility of the anesthetist to reassure and relieve the anxiety and fear in both. Most of the ophthalmologists in order to minimize anesthetic exposures often club the procedures of evaluation, diagnostics, and even surgery. But post-op evaluation do need anesthesia in every review of children. With modern-day anesthetic techniques and using medications of short metabolic half-life, multiple anesthetic exposures have been relatively more safer. Preoperative evaluations for pediatric ophthalmic surgeries involves a detailed history taking of prenatal, birth, and postnatal events and thorough examination for congenital abnormalities. This is because congenital cataracts and glaucoma or congenital malformations of eye often are part of the syndromes like Golden Heart, Peters Anomaly and Down syndrome. An ophthalmic problem may be the first presenting feature of any infective metabolic or genetic associations. Being a tertiary ophthalmic care center, we get such patients from many parts of India and abroad, and sometimes a detailed and complete investigation of other syndromic features May not be possible by parents due to constraints of time and money. Hence the anesthetist often does a quick evaluation of cardiorespiratory and neurological examinations with focused investigations. We also have a pediatric consult for evaluation who do a quick assessment and chart out plans for further evaluations which are required. The induction of anesthesia can be intravenous if the child is cooperative for IV access but In most of the cases, it is inhalational because many children are afraid of injections. Sivaflurin is the inhalational agent of choice because it has a very quick induction and a quick recovery. IOP measurements remains the cornerstone of all ophthalmic patients. It is imperative for the ophthalmologist to inform the anesthetist before induction of anesthesia if they wish to check IOP in children because the anesthetist can help the ophthalmologist in checking IOP in the right plane of anesthesia. Knowledge of intraocular pressure and factors affecting IOP is very important and the attending anesthetist must be aware of these. A simple pressure of face mask on eyes can raise the IOP as can be an airway obstruction by the tongue. IOP measurements have to be done before endotracheal intubation because IOP can be transiently increased immediately following intubation. LMA versus ETT. LMA as the name suggests, it is a laryngeal mask airway it's a supraglottic airway device, which has gained popularity in modern anesthesia, especially for children. LMA can be used for ophthalmic evaluation under anesthesia and for short surgical procedures like suture removal, ILO, or diode CPCs, and the child is most often allowed a spontaneous breathing with the volatile anesthetics. It is important to note that LMA inserted in the right plane does not increase IOP, a word of caution that LMA does not protect the airway against aspiration. Hence, for longer surgeries, endotracheal tube intubation and with controlled ventilation is a safer and the technique of choice. It is also important for anesthetists to maintain adequate plane of anesthesia throughout the surgical period as lighter plane can lead to sudden and wide fluctuations of IOP which can sometimes be detrimental to the eye. Postoperative Care Most often, pediatric ophthalmic surgeries are done as ambulatory cases and discharged on the same day, but some patients like preterm babies, newborns, and babies with heart disease or neurological disorders may require extended monitoring. Such patients are therefore shifted to a pediatric hospital for continued monitoring for a day under the care of a pediatrician. The ambulatory cases which are discharged on the same day requires a assessment of post-anesthetic recovery and their discharge worthiness. As we have discussed earlier, pediatric subsets are varied and have varied requirements and patterns of recovery. A single recovery chart may not fit all. We often seek the help of the mother to know the return of the child to pre-operative state with regard to feeding and activity to enable discharge. Post-operative Pain relief is one of the most important aspects of the children and is often neglected. We must understand that neonates, babies, and older children all exhibit different reactions to pain and disturbing to the child and the parents. Incessant cry, refusal of feeds, increased vomiting, mood disturbances, increased body temperature, tachycardia, violent behavior may all be expressions of pain. It is necessary to provide analgesia in adequate dose, adequate intervals and adequate period of time. Paracetamol at 15 to 60 mg per kilogram per day in three to four divided doses or in some surgical procedures, ibuprofen at four to 10 mg per kilogram per day in two to three divided doses may be taken for the pain relief. Post-op pain-free child means quicker recovery from the surgery and a happy child. In short, an alert child with initiation of adequate oral intake without much vomiting and voiding of urine and adequate control of pain meets the discharge criteria children are often seen as epicenter of love and happiness let us be part to ensure a happy world of light to these children thank you
0: thank you sir for such an informative talk i hope this will be beneficial to all our listeners thank you all for tuning in do subscribe to our channel for further updates We will be back next week with yet another interesting topic. Till then, stay safe.